We're jumping into a new sermon series here at Walk Church today that maybe you've been able to hear or see or sense. It's plastered on the screen behind me and all over the place on this school campus, and it's the word, come on, it's an M word, say it with me, momentum, momentum, momentum. We're talking about uh, the word momentum. We just finished a year-long sermon series straight through the book of Nehemiah, and that was such a fresh time and at the same time a challenging time. I'm I'm sure I heard so many cool reports on how people were getting out of the lazy river and learning how to be generous and learning how to take a stance like Nehemiah and just go for it. And so I'm grateful for you leaning in and journeying. But if this is your first time here with us, we're, we're kicking off a brand new series today, and it's titled Momentum. I want to talk about why that word is important and why that word is on my heart today. Every time we have a church anniversary, when that month of September rolls around, it's a a new season. We do 21 days of prayer and fasting. It's part of our pattern in the life of our church. We, we're hungry for God. Our, our number one core value is God dependence. If he doesn't show up, we're sunk. Amen? But we believe that, that God gives us a recipe on how to cultivate his activity. It's, it's through desperation. It's through prayer. It's through repentance. It's through calling upon his name. And he says, draw near to me. I'll draw near to you. And praise God, he's been drawing near to us. And every season around this time of the year, I I just ask the Lord, where do you want to take our church? Which direction do you want us to go this year? Last year, we we leaned into the phrase level up. I felt like level up season was upon us. And praise God, it has been. We've been leveling up in so many different areas. And God's been kind. In fact, we just celebrated our 150th baptism in the life of our church. Come on, God has done much. Uh, In the life of this house, seeing people take their next step, Nina shared a powerful praise just a minute ago about our kids' ministry, our youth ministry, our young adult ministry, our seasoned adult ministry. Everything's leveling up. But now as we were approaching this new season, I just began to ask the Lord, where do you want to take us this year? And I just sensed this word drop in my spirit, the word momentum. Now, I've, I've heard the word momentum. I've I would even maybe utilize that word in different environments, but I haven't given it the energy. What is momentum? What does it look like to cultivate momentum? How do we find momentum? How did we get momentum? What is it? That's what we're going to talk about today and really over the next several weeks. So if you're ready, say ready. Ready. If you're hungry, say let's eat. Let's eat. eat. Father, right now as we get ready to look to your word, as we talk about momentum in the life of this church, Lord, I pray that this service would be a game-changing service in each individual in the room. God, I pray it would not be a checkbox. It wouldn't just be a celebration. It would be a God encounter. It would be a moment that we encounter you, the living God, through the living word, and we leave here different. We leave here moved. We leave here inspired. We leave here humble. And we leave here closer to you, Jesus, than ever before. In your name we pray. Amen. 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 I want to give you just three definitions of the word momentum. What does this word mean? Uh, The first one, it comes from the Oxford Pocket Dictionary. The first definition I found, I threw it up. Uh, It's the quantity of motion of a moving body. So it's a body, an individual, a thing. It's it's moving forward. Uh, Webster's defines momentum as strength or force gained by motion. I love those words, strength and and force, it's the, the forward motion of something that has strength to it, a force behind it. Vocabulary.com defines the word momentum as 
something that's generally used to mean increasing forward motion. And that's where that tagline came from for our church. We're talking about momentum. What's that? That's forward motion. My prayer for our church in year number seven is that we would have more momentum, that our church would not have backwards motion. We wouldn't be backpedaling, but we would actually be charging forward with momentum, that we would have forward-leaning motion. And I don't just pray that for us collectively, but I pray that over every individual that's part of this family, that you would have forward motion as a husband. You would have forward motion as a wife. You would have forward motion as a high school student. You'd have forward motion in your 70s. Come on. You'd have forward motion in the kids' ministry. You, you might have just got fired, but you got fired with forward motion. You thought it was a decrease. It was actually leading you forward. You might have came out of a relationship. It led you into forward motion. You got invited to this church? Well, it wasn't by accident. It was forward motion. God was trying to unlock momentum on your life that maybe you didn't even realize was there. I was just talking with a brother in our church who invited a friend, and he just was telling us on his way out, he goes, what is this church? This place is crazy. I love it. Now, not every week will we have tacos, all right? I wish we could. Um, but I pray every week we would have forward motion. I pray every week we would get in this room. We would transform this cafeteria into a momentum center a place where we can go forward in our faith, forward in our worship, forward in our praise. You might, maybe usually you lean back, but if you lean forward with eye contact, with an open posture, with a, I'm here to receive, don't touch me, don't whisper to me, don't show me your Instagram, I'm forward motion. I'm going somewhere. I can't stay in the lazy river. And, pa and pass around again. Hey, high five. Good to see you again. Yep, now I'm looking a little bit more pruney. High five. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting a little bit more soggy. I'm wasting away in this lazy river. You might, hey, hey, this is my last time going around. You won't see me again. I'm going forward. I got momentum on my life. I'm going somewhere. That's my prayer for year seven. I googled, what are the top things that have momentum? Here's the top four things that I found on a list. Examples of momentum. Top four, a train moving at 120 kilometers. Fast, momentum. A baseball flying through the air, momentum. A heavy truck moving down the highway, carrying momentum with it. A bullet fired from a gun, momentum. Now it startled me that the church didn't make the list. It didn't startle me. I knew the church wasn't on the list. Can I just tell you today that if, I, if, you, if you were to Google, what are the things that don't have momentum? It would be the church in America. Statistically, now I'm not one to just buy all the way into statistics and get wooed and swooned by statistics and figures and stuff. I'm just saying what polls would show is that today more people are not reading their Bibles than they were before. More people are not going to church. More young adults are turning away from the faith of Jesus Christ and turning to things that are really waste in comparison to the gospel. That more people are saying, you know what, I don't think I'm going to do church. More people are actually saying, I'm going to become a nun. And when I say nun, it means they check the box that say, I don't want none of it. 
60, 60%, please don't clap for that. Ah. 60% of people that I've read actually in the city of Las Vegas would identify as a nun. I don't, I don't identify with any of it. And what I want to encourage you with is this is a perfect time to be the change. This is a perfect time to say, you know what? Not me. I got momentum. My life's going to look different. My walk's going to feel different. My church is going to have a forward motion that's going to be felt. My prayer for Walk Church in year number seven and beyond is that this would not be a finish line moment. This would be a starting moment out of the gates that says, we got momentum. And it's felt. And people go, whoa, that's a f- there's, a, there's a force to this thing. And you know what? That force kind of smells like Jesus. Come on. The church on its best day is still the hands and the feet of Christ the King. Amen. That's who we are. The church is Jesus living his life in us and through us. Can I tell you the person who had the most momentum on his life ever is? Come on, you're in church. Just always guess Jesus, you'll be close. 98% is usually he's the answer. It's gonna be right. I don't know anybody who had more momentum on their life than Christ. In fact, Jesus said, all right, look, in three years, I'm gonna turn the world upside down. I'm gonna gonna wait. I'm gonna model patience. Why did Jesus wait till he was 30 to go public with his Messiah ministry? I'm not exactly sure all the answers, maybe to show us that we need to be patient and not, not everything is microwavable, come on. Some things take time to build. Jesus was modeling that for us with his own life, but when he was ready to say go, and he started calling his disciples, and he started to reveal who he's always been, there was momentum on Christ. In fact, he would use 12 guys to then go and change the entire dynamic of the Middle East up into Asia and Rome and and Spain. Go read the book of Acts. The church had momentum. Do you know why the book of Acts in Acts chapter 28 ends so anticlimactic? It just ends. It's like, okay, you're, you're in the story and the apostle Paul, he just got bit by a snake and then the Lord healed him and then he preached the gospel up in the, the Roman headquarters and then the book ends. You know why it ends without any type of, because it's still going. We're living in Acts chapter 1892 and then the church ended up in Las Vegas. There's this church called Walk Church and they believed for momentum. In fact, on their seventh birthday, the book of Acts is still going. It's going until he comes back and concludes it. The word Acts is short for the word action. When I think about action, I think about momentum. I think about forward motion. So that's the title of my sermon today. I want to preach a sermon. It's going to be half word, half vision. The, the word is going to flow into the visions because I want to provide some vision on where we're going. The title of my sermon is forward motion. Forward motion. And, and, and before I jump into the, the text here today, let me just take a quick moment to honor a couple that's in our church today. I heard the amen and I knew whose voice it was. Pastor Dean McQuillan right there. Pastor Dean and Darlisa. Oh, I'm so proud of you. Good to man. Love you. Hey, Darlisa. Come on, give me a quick one. Give me a quick one. Random camera, follow me. Well, Pastor Dean and Darlisa, uh, really helped us plant walk church from the 
uh, very early days. They were sent out of Hope Church. They caught a missionary church planning calling to join us in this work, and they've since been sent to help plant another church out of our church, Favor City Church, um, and they're, they're crushing it over. They're about to celebrate one year in, in two weeks, but I heard that amen. I said, that sounds like Pastor Dean. That is Pastor Dean. So we love you. Amen. Hey, if you got a Bible, turn me to Philippians chapter 3, Philippians chapter 3, and we're going to look at two verses, all right? Two verses. We're going to try to bring a quick exposition, unpacking to Philippians 3. We'll look at verses 13 and 14, and we'll, get, we'll go get some tacos, amen? Amen. If you're there, say, I'm there. If you're ready, say, I'm ready. I felt a strong ready over here. Are you, if you guys are ready, say, I'm ready. All right, I feel good. Okay, I think the balance is, is the ratio is solid. Okay, let's read it together. Ready, set, go. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Forward, amen. Amen, you can, amen. You can say, I agree with that. That's what amen means. When I think about the second person who had momentum on their life, Jesus, he's got the championship belt, no doubt. But the second person that my mind is drawn to when I think, who's somebody in the Bible who had momentum? I think of this guy, the Apostle Paul. Paul the Apostle, he moved with momentum. What's interesting is he had momentum for the world. Before he was a believer, he was going hard. In fact, he had one of the most influential Christians of the early church, a guy named Stephen, killed, stoned to death for his faith in Christ. It's the first moment in the Bible that we see a standing ovation from heaven. It says when Stephen was killed for his faith, Jesus stood up and watched. Whoa. I'm grateful for a God who watches. Amen. Grateful for a God who's with us, who, who knows what's going on, even through pain. And the apostle Paul was the ringleader of that murder. He was persecuting the church. He was going through cities and towns. The scripture says he was ravaging the church. Because the church had so much momentum, the apostle Paul, who was at that time known as Saul, hated it until one day the Lord got his attention. And I would say it's not wise to be on the opposite side of the church. Don't be on the opposite side of the bride of Christ. It, it, it's not a good thing. Jesus will tap you on the shoulder and get your attention. Don't talk about my wife like that, bruh. Be careful when you talk about the church. She is precious. She's not perfect, but she's married to the perfect one. And he's doing it. He's, he's, he's perfecting us along the way. And so Jesus gets Paul's attention and radically changes his life. And all of a sudden you see this light switch for Saul, he becomes Paul, and he gets a church-planting calling on his life, and he starts going from city to city to town to town to synagogue to synagogue, and he just starts planting churches. He planted a church in a city called Corinth to the Corinthians. He wrote a letter to them. He planted a church in a city called Galatia. He wrote a letter to the Galatians. He planted a church in the city of Colossae. He wrote a, church, he planted, he wrote a letter to them called the Colossians. And, and he also planted a church in the city called Philippi. And that's where we get this book here today, the book of Philippians. The setting is Paul is in prison. Many scholars believe he's imprisoned in a city called Ephesus. And a cat named Epaphroditus, who my son is named after, Epaph. 
Um, Epaphroditus shows up at Paul's prison cell, brings him a gift from the church. Come on, love the honor spirit there. And Paul writes the letter to the Philippians, delivers it back, and now we're reading it. Does that all make sense? Somebody say, keep going. All right, keep, keep me on track. All right, and here's what we're reading today. I'll start with a few highlights. He says, I do not consider that I have made it my own. The reason why I highlight that first part is because here's what I want you to know. Just because you have momentum doesn't mean you've made it. Make sense? You can have momentum on your life without being prideful and feeling like you've arrived. Paul says, listen, I got a lot of momentum. I'm forgetting what's behind. I'm straining, straining, straining toward what's ahead. I'm planting churches. I don't consider that I've made it, though. I got more to go. There's more chapters to be written. There's more people to reach. There's more disciples to be made. In verses 1 through 12, the apostle Paul, he starts to, to write about how he says, the Lord Jesus resurrected from the grave. And Paul says, I want to know the power of the resurrection. I want to know the fullness of the resurrection. I want to know him, but I haven't made it yet. One day I'll make it in eternity. But in the meantime, I'm not there yet. Can I just say, church, just because we're celebrating seven, don't have the feeling like we've made it. Come on, we're turning the corner into momentum. Don't have this relaxed feel like, ah, you know what? That was a good seven years. Let's just kick, kick our feet up and jump in the lazy river. Now, this is a moment to hear the, the gunshot in the race and say, you know what, this is the moment to, to pick it up. God's doing something great. I remember learning this principle, actually, from our sending church, Hope Church. I was having a conversation with uh, Pastor Vance Pittman, who was at the time the senior pastor. He's now the president of the Send Network, the church planning organization we're a part of. And I remember when Hope Church finally built their, their building, this beautiful building on Cactus. And he said, Hayden, I want you to know something. This building is not a moment for us to say we've arrived. This building is a launching pad to the nations. And I said, man, that's the mentality. I, it's almost like there's this, there's this feeling of comfort, like not that we shouldn't celebrate. Hey, here we are. We're celebrating. But our celebration should mobilize us into more. I want to encourage you with that mindset. Have the momentum mindset force. I'm going somewhere. There's pace to my life. There's rhythm to my life. There's energy to my life. Come on, check Eeyore at the door. Y'all know what I'm saying? All the young bucks, y'all don't know about Winnie the Pooh, but we grew up on Winnie the Pooh. There's this cat named Eeyore. He shows up at church like this. There's no seats. There's a whole row. I don't want to walk that far. What does Tigger do? Tigger's got momentum. He comes in bouncing. He gave 10 high fives before he got in the door. He's, I'm going to sit up front. I'm going to lean in. I got my notepad out. You need help? I'm already there. You want me to go do something? I'm ready to do it. I love Tigger's momentum. Amen? Come on. I want Tigger momentum. Don't, church shouldn't be endured. Church should be enjoyed. We should come in this place and be like, man, I'm glad I made it. I want to invite somebody next week. I want to be a bringer to this thing. This place got momentum on it. Yeah, they meet in the cafeteria, but it don't feel like it. It feels like momentum. I was here Friday night helping with the setup. There was momentum in the room. Momentum in the kids' ministry. Momentum in our charge groups. Friend, I want to encourage you with that thought. This was what Paul said. He says, I don't, I don't consider that I've made it, but I do have momentum. He says, one thing I do. I want to encourage you with this idea that, that we should have this one mentality one thing. Everybody say one thing. one thing. 
I don't want you to focus on 10 things. I want you to focus on one thing today. Focus on this thought. Okay, what can I, what's the one thing I can do to unlock momentum? What's the one thing that I need to change? What's the one thing that I need to grow in? What's the one thing that I need to step toward? Paul says this, one thing, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. If I can just highlight this first part, friend, I want to encourage you to have a shorter memory. <laughs> Stop living in the past. Let the past be in the past, amen? Some of us, we're over here, we're in the gray area of our past. You need to step into the momentum. You doing that double dutch, you're like, I'm in the past, I'm in the, I'm in the moment. Step, jump on in. And learn how to jump. Trust the Lord, dependence. I read this quote from the great R&B theologian, Lionel Richie. Come on, let me just show you. Lionel, Lionel Richie says, when your past calls, don't answer. It has nothing new to say. Come on, amen. It doesn't have anything new to say. You've already heard that voicemail. You already got the t-shirt. You've already been down that street. You already know how it goes. It's your past. You've lived it. You don't have to keep living it. Check that thing in. Say, Lord, I'm going to give this to you. I'm, I'm surrendered. Even in my past. One of the quickest ways to depression, one of the quickest ways to anxiety is to just live in the past. When the Bible tells us that this is the day that the Lord has made, let us rejoice. If you focus on the present, you might get happier. This is the day. Oh, I'm, gonna, I'm glad it wasn't yesterday. That was my past. I love this verse. One of my favorite scriptures. It actually led to my first ever Bible study I did in 2007. I started a Bible study I called the New Creation Bible Study. 2 Corinthians 5.17. This was the verse that I based it off of. I want you to hear it one more time. Ready? Let's read it together. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. The new has come. That quote, that verse is still true today, amen? It's not just like a one-time verse, like that was actually true when you got saved and then it doesn't count anymore. It's still true. Old has passed. The new has come. I'm a new creation and I got momentum on my, on my life. Paul continues, let me keep digging into this verse. He says, so, so here's what I do. I'm not living in the past. I'm forgetting what lies Behind, I can celebrate what God has done without being attached to it. Did you hear me on that? Yeah. I think you were processing. You can celebrate what God has done without being attached to it. Yeah. Friend, I would say this. Don't attach yourself to anything of this world. Even the closest things and people to you. Even your favorite team, your favorite sport, your amazing spouse, your, your singleness, your amazing house. Don't attach yourself to any of it. None of it's going to last. In fact, Proverbs says somebody else will one day inherit all of your money. Maybe you should choose who that's going to be so it's not random, but it's not going to be you. You're moving on to something that hopefully is greater if you put your faith and trust in Christ. I've once heard somebody say, I've never seen a hearse carrying a U-Haul. Right? Come on, let this, it's going to hit you while you're eating that bite of taco. Oh, I've never seen that either. I've never seen that. Nope. So I forget what lies behind. I celebrate it, but I'm not attached to it. And I'm straining forward to what lies ahead. 
Friend, this idea, this language that Paul uses, I'm straining. Have a little strain to your life. Invite a little discomfort. On the journey of following Jesus, you have to get comfortable being uncomfortable. Find me a place in the Bible where one of the disciples is just chill and comfortable. It doesn't happen. Jesus forces us to do things that require faith, require steps, require, okay, God, I got to trust you. And he goes, good. That's why we're here. Trust me. Trust me with all of it. Trust the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own. But I don't understand. You weren't called to lean on your own understanding. Acknowledge him in your ways and he'll guide you. He'll make your path straight. Straining forward to what lies ahead. This is race, track, runner language. 1 Corinthians 9, verse 24. Look at this verse. I'm an athlete. I love the athletic verses, all right? Paul says it like this. He says, do you not know that in a race, all the runners run, but only one receives the prize? He's saying, what type of sports y'all playing? Somebody's running. Got to run to win. So run that you may obtain it. Paul writes to the Corinthian church, he says, you guys should be running faster. You guys should be running with some momentum. You should be running with an essence of, I'm a winner. I'm a go-getter. I, I have momentum on my life. I'm building for it. I'm getting better every single year. That's, that, that should be the mentality of not just this church as a whole, because this church as a whole is filled with individuals. Can I just tell you the church isn't an event that you go to? The church is a family you belong to. So we're only as strong as the weakest person in the house, right? So if everybody's running the race, everybody's running the race. Paul writes, I want you to run. I read this quote from Charles Spurgeon as he wrote commentary on Philippians 3. He, he inked these words about this chapter. Spurgeon says it like this. He says, the Christian is compared to a warrior a wrestler, a competitor in the games. These figures are the very opposite of a condition in which nothing more is to be done. Can I just say this really quick, church? If you have the posture today, like, you know what? I've ran my race. Nothing more is to be done. You need to have a conversation with my man, Pastor Dean, right here. It's just timely, right? I remember when Pastor Dean and Dorlisa came up to Nina and I seven years ago. And Pastor Dean had, had some of that mentality. I think he said, I was on the cruise liner, eating and chilling, until the Holy Spirit spoke through his family members and said, hey, get off the boat and get in the race. Don't have this mentality, hey, my best days are in my past. My ministry, that was what I used to do. That's up to the young bucks. Can I tell you, Moses got his calling at age 80? That God spoke to Moses and said, I want you to now lead the people. Did you know that Sarah finally had the calling of giving birth to the baby at age 100? I don't, your story's still being written. Don't check in your ministry card to the Lord and say, I'm done, God, I did it, I did that. That's not the call. There's more to be done. Somebody say there's more. There's more. They imply energy. These words imply energy. The gathering up of strength and the concentration of, of forces in order to the overthrowing of adversaries. Can I just tell you that, that I, from what I've seen as a Christian, the devil's working 24-7. I had never seen the devil take a Sabbath. All his enemies, they're not using the Sabbath. They're trying to mess up your Sabbath. Right? So the adversaries are working. I hope we're not chilling. 
He says, we got to have momentum. The Christian is also likened to a runner in a race, and that is the figure now before us in the Philippians 3 text. It's clear that a man cannot be a runner who merely holds his ground. This is not stand church, amen? Somebody gave me a ha-ha. I feel you. I'm grateful for standing in Christ, but Jesus wants to move. Let's, Let's not be... Content with that position. Don't just be content with, hey, I'm standing. I'm chilling. We're called to move. He only runs aright who each moment nears the mark. Progress is the healthy condition of every Christian man. Every Christian woman. Progress, amen. Progress is power. I can't tell you enough that this is your year to get better. This is your year to do it. This is your year to finish the song. This is your year to write the book. This is your year to start the coffee shop. This is your year to go real estate. This is your year to, be, to start the podcast, lead the group, do the Bible. This is your year to invite the person that you, I'm going to invite him. I'm going I'm to invite him. This is your year to invite him. Amen? Amen? Come on. Progress is the condition of the healthy Christian. I don't know about you. I want to be healthy progress. I want to encourage you with that. This is the church to do it. There's momentum in this place today. One of my favorite verses of scripture is Luke chapter 9 as Jesus, Jesus ministers to his disciples. He says it like this. Jesus said to him, no one who puts his hand to the plow. Now think about that language, plow language. This is hard work. Requires energy. No one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. Friend, I want to encourage, how's your fitness? Are you fit for kingdom momentum or are you continuing to look backwards? Stuck. Come on, let God deal with the past and let God usher you into the future. The future of momentum, the best you, the forward motion you. Oh, friend, I want to get around the forward motion you. I'm grateful for the us of the past seven years, but I'm also grateful we're not in the past seven years. We started in this middle school theater over here in the middle school seats. Them things were hard and small. You had to kind of scoot your way in. Had to apologize. Sorry, guys, this is our spot. Then we were able to move into the cafeteria. Come on, and we got the metal chairs, but at least they were not middle school size, but they were still tough. Praise God, we got a little cushion, amen? A little bit. It's not all cushion, but it's a little better. I'm grateful for the momentum. I'm not trying to go backwards. I'm trying to go forwards. Friend, I want to encourage you to stop looking back. I saw my friend Carl as he was walking. I remember we, this wristband was, was one of the wristbands we made in that time just to encourage people. Don't look back. Celebrate what God's done and lean in going forward. Final verse in this text, and then we're going to close with some vision. Some vision. What does this mean for our house? It says, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Come on, somebody say upward. upward. The calling that God calls us to is upward. You have an upward call on your life. I think it's twofold. The first upward call of God on your life is to a relationship with Christ. Today, if you came in the room and you have religion, check your religion at the door. Check it in for a relationship. 
begin a authentic faith-based spirit-led relationship with Christ Jesus the Lord. It'll be the best decision you ever made. Can I get a witness from somebody? Wouldn't that be the best witness? The best decision you could make is to say, yes, I saw my sister Victoria raise her hand. She just stopped me at the door when she came in. She said, three years ago, I came in this church. My life changed. My life changed. It was a change moment. Upward calling on my life to Christ Jesus. Today, if you don't know him, I would encourage you to turn from your sins because your sins don't got nothing for you. That ain't working. Turn from those things and turn to him. Who, Jesus says it like this. I came to give you life, life abundantly. He wants to give you that. He believes that for you. The second calling on your life is a call to some type of activity for God to use your passion, your domain, your influence, your gift set, your hands, your skill, your treasure for his glory. While you're on this earth for a blink of an eye, use it for his glory. Go all in with your technology for his glory. Go all in with your musical gifting for his glory. Go all in with your sports playing. I text some of my friends that are playing football this week or getting ready for UFC. I said, dude, you go out there and glorify the Lord on the, in the octagon, on the field tomorrow. Come on, amen? amen. Go in the, go, go, step onto the field with momentum for Christ. That's the upward call, to know him and to be used greatly by him. That's my prayer. In fact, I just want to take a moment right now and I just want to pray for our church. Pray for everybody that's watching online. I'm going to share some vision and we'll be done. Father, I just want to take this moment with all heads bowed, all eyes closed. That perhaps there would be somebody here today who got invited to church and realized, you know what, I don't know him like that. I know about God. I know some things about him. If, 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 he, if this was history, I would be okay, but I don't know about relationship. And right now you're realizing you want that. You recognize you're a sinner in desperate need of a savior. I want to invite you to pray right now with me to receive Christ. It's not the words of my prayer that save you. It's faith in Jesus that saves you. Would you pray this prayer of faith with me? Just say, Lord, I believe. I believe that this moment right now, I need you. I receive you. I don't reject you. Save me. Change me. I don't want to go backwards. I want momentum. I confess that I'm a sinner. I believe you died for my sins. All of them. I believe you rose from the grave. God, I believe you're coming back again. And I believe you're with me until the end. So I invite you into my heart, into my mind, into all of me. I don't know what tomorrow looks like, but I trust you're already there. And I receive you now. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Can we just thank God for people responding that you might have a new birthday today. You say, church birthday is actually my salvation birthday. If you made that decision, fill out that connection card so we can celebrate your life and celebrate Christ in you. Well, that's, that's the text, and so I wanna go ahead and just give you a quick trailer on where we're going. I wanna give you some quick points of vision, and then we're gonna respond and close our time today and make our way out. Um,
When I began praying, what does momentum look like for our church in year number seven? I asked the Lord for vision. I got three words, okay? Um, three words. I'm going to share them quick, and we'll dive into them in the weeks to come. Uh, the first word is this, family momentum. Yeah. I want our church in year number seven to grow deeper in the context of family. Yeah. We say it here often. The church is not like family. The church is family. You're not like my brother. You are my brother. You're not, you're kind of like my sister. No, no, you are in Christ. You are. But how many of you know, if we can just personalize this for a second, there's, there's guests, then there's friends, and there's family. Don't look at me too spiritual. If you invite people to your house, you're going to keep your eye on the guests a little bit. <laughs> they can hang. They can sit there on the couch. They got a time limit. You're going to probably roll out soon. And I'm glad you came. Now, the friends get a little bit more leeway. Friend, oh, your friend is here? All right, man, I love your friend. That's right on. All right, you, yeah, you ain't staying the night, though. Go, you got, get out of the refrigerator. Too much. Now, family, you, you, kicking, it up, you kicking your feet up a little bit. You, 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 that's your fridge. That's, that's your bathroom. This is my house. And there's some, there's some healthy differentiation there. And I think there's, there's truth to that in the house of God. That not everybody's family, it's okay. Some people are here, they're visiting their guests, and, and we're grateful for that. There's some people here that, you know, I'm not necessarily a believer. I love coming to this church, so I'm a, I'm a friend of this house. And then there's people who said, you know what, this is, this is walk church. Oh, it's, it's deep. It's family. It's personal. How, how do you understand, uh, how do you get to understand that? And I've kind of shied away from the word membership over the years because membership kind of feels like this like club mentality and the church isn't a club. The church is a family on mission, making disciples and changing the world. I didn't want us to have that, but I do believe that there's an essence to family membership. And how do you understand what that looks like? So we've developed a pathway called join the family. And this is going to be a three-week class that you embark in where you get to hear about three intentional things. I want to put them up on the screen. What we've done as a team is we've, take, we've taken an inventory of a lot of the questions we get over the years, and we put it all into this join the family path so we can understand who's family and who's, who's not. It doesn't change our love for you. But on week number one, we're going to share our story. So many people have said, hey, how did the church start? Who is Hayden and Nina? And are we part of a network, a denomination? What does our church believe about X, Y, and Z? What's our future as a church? What does our church do? do what, how does money work? Do we have pastors? What? Here's our story. We want you to know who we are. We're, we're clear on, on who we are. We know who we are. Uh, but we also want to hear your story. If we're going to do family, let's get to know each other, amen? So we get a chance to hear your story in session number two. And then finally, in session number three, we get to share expectations. Here's what you can expect from us as a family. Here's what we're going to expect from you as family. And we're going to do family together and see who's really family. Is that okay? Don't feel weird about it. Feel good about it. Because we're on mission together. It's family momentum. In session two, we're going to help people discover their spiritual gifts, their personality, and how they can best be used for momentum, for his glory. Because I found when people discover their gift, they get pumped about it. They start using it. One other way you can 
see family momentum happen is through charge groups. I love charge groups. The charge group semester is starting this upcoming week. Some, we, some groups are going to start the next week. Some groups are starting this upcoming week. You can learn about all of our groups at walkchurch.com slash groups. We've got a whole variety of different groups. If you need a men's group or a women's group or a marriage group or a young adult group, a teenager group, or a fitness group, I don't know what your group style that you're looking for that you could benefit from in the context of family. But I just want to say today, get in a group. Freedom, connection happens in groups. If you say, hey, I'm not really connected, I'm going to say, are you in a group? Get in a group. Because community is not experienced in rows. Amen? Amen. Community is not experienced by looking at the back of people's heads. Community is experienced around circles, around tables, around couches, seeing people. Get in a group. Let me give you the second one. Family momentum, leadership momentum. I love this phrase, leadership momentum. One thing I'm passionate about this year, year number seven, is developing more leaders. I want to see more leaders come out of Walk Church. I want to see more people discover their purpose and make a difference as a leader. John Maxwell says, leadership is influence. Can I tell you, everybody in this room has influence? You might say today, man, I'm not a leader. I don't really have... Friends, somebody's watching you. Some young kid is watching you. Somebody at your job is watching you. Your parents are watching. God is watching you. Somebody at this church might might be watching how you, you have influence, more influence than you realize. Leadership is influence. What type of leader are you? We want to help develop leaders in our church because I love this quote from Craig Groeschel. Everybody wins when the leader gets better. Everybody in your life is going to start winning more when you get better as a leader. It's contagious. Leadership's contagious. So one thing that we're doing is we're starting one more class. It's called LEAD. It's our LEAD class. Leveling up in your leadership. We're passionate about developing leaders. So on the fourth Sunday of the month, you can go to lead. And here's what we're going to do. In lead, we're going to define what a leader is. What does it mean to be a leader at Walk Church? How can you become a leader at Walk Church? And what does it mean to be a leader in your life? And I'm excited for these four. All four classes are going to take place here at the church in the teacher's lounge at 10.45 a.m., So you might have to start migrating to the nine o'clock service so you can go to church and then catch the class. If you're really an all-star, do the whole join the family and the leadership and see if you got momentum at the end, amen? If you got all that, say, I got it. One other thing that I'm passionate about, I'm letting out all the vision, okay? It's birthday day. Is I felt like I wanted to lean into this subject myself, so I said, let me go ahead and start a podcast. And so we're kicking off this week. The Hyde and Ratner Level Up Leadership Podcast. And I figured we could just tip our toes into the ocean of leadership in the podcast realm. So this is launching this weekend. You guys are the first to know about it. And we'd love for you to go on your podcast app, Spotify, Apple, uh, Amazon, wherever you consume podcast content and subscribe. Come on, hit a five-star rating. Come on, help us out. Leave a review, say, I haven't even heard the episode yet. It hasn't even came out, but I already know it's going to be good. <laughs> Send. We recorded an intro, so I, I hope the intro is helpful for you. Just a, a little bit about why another podcast, or our first ever one as a church. And I want to encourage you to lean in. We're going to be producing content monthly of leadership. And, and I'm excited about a majority of the guests on this podcast are coming right out of our church. 
there's some amazing leaders in this church that you might not even be aware of. Leaders that are making a difference in their domain. Leaders that are making a difference in the city, around the world. We want to introduce you to them. We want to grow in our leadership. If you got to say, I got it. Got it. Last word. Everybody say, last one. Last one, last one is kingdom momentum. Yeah. Kingdom momentum. So the three. What, walk church, seven years. What are we passionate about? Three things. We're passionate about family momentum. We're passionate about leadership momentum. And we're passionate about kingdom momentum. I pray we would never graduate from kingdom momentum. Any of them, really, but kingdom momentum is the, the thing. That's the juice. You hear me quote this scripture probably every week. I'll quote it again. Matthew 6, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all things will be added to you. If you want momentum on your life, seek his kingdom. Have a kingdom first mentality and watch God do the rest. I'm excited about this next year, getting in on the kingdom work, kingdom momentum. We can't just have an inward thought. Let's have an inward thought, family but let's have it for the purpose of going outward, amen? We got more people to invite into the family. There's too many orphans in Las Vegas, amen, spiritually and physically. We wanna make a difference. And so one of the things we're passionate about as a church is planting new churches. Last year, we were able to send out Favor City Church. They're about to turn one years old in the first week in October. They're crushing it. We sent out Image Church. We've been able to send out people with Pastor Ryan and Ivy. They're gonna be turning one in January, and our prayer has been, God, we want to get in on the church planting game more. We want to see momentum with church planting. So it's my joy today to introduce you to the next church planner that we're going to invest in. And the thing that's special about this kingdom couple is this church is actually going to be a grandbaby to walk church. This church is going to be sent out of Favor City Church to plant a new church. And the church is called, I love the name, the church is called Your Church. What a great name. Would you help me welcome up Pastor Jack Divin? Would you join me up here, Pastor Jack? We'll just move this right here. Thank you. Yep. Thanks, Pastor Jack, Pastor thanks for joining me up here on stage, man. It's, it's birthday Sunday, and you flew out here. Yeah, man. And, it's an um, honor. Complete honor. Man, we're honored to have you. You're planting a new church, you and your wife, Kayla. You just passed your church planter assessment. You're going to plant right here in Las Vegas. You're going to do an apprenticeship with Favor City Church, which means automatically you're part of our family too. Yeah. And man, we're excited for you, dude. Yeah. What are you excited about? Well, uh, before I jump into that, I'm going to answer that question, Hayden, but I just want to take a moment and, and intentionally honor you, Thank man, you. without your leadership, you calling up Pastor Joseph, and when people like Pastor Dean, yeah. and we wouldn't be coming to the city of Las Vegas. I wouldn't be here, and so just want to thank you guys so much. Could you honor Pastor Hyden just right now? Man, thank you, bro. Praise God. I received that. Man. Thank you. But one thing that we're really most excited about is being a part of the kingdom activity, be a part of the way that's been paved already here in Las Vegas and the in the work God is doing here. And so with churches like Walk and Favor City, but, you know, can I just speak plainly to you here at, at, at Walk? Man, we, we want to be a part of changing this city and we want to be a part of changing the world. And that's what we're excited about. Amen. So Praise God, bro. That's momentum. Yeah. I love this name. I've never heard of a church called Your Church. Explain to us the heart behind the name. 
You know, when, when you shared that, I think what, what's so neat about, it's like a double play on the name your, because right. yeah. it's like, on one, on one hand, you're telling somebody, this, is, this, this could be your church, but really that verse is saying, this is your church. That's right. Yeah. I love that. Capital Y. Yeah, it's Amen. a vertical vision uh, for, for the city and for the world. Amen, bro. So good. Well, friend, I just want to say this. Um, when we send out a church, or when we partner with the church in this case, um, we want to we see people raise up and discover a calling to get in on the game of church planting. I would even say today, if your heart is already stirring and you're saying, hey, you know what? I'm not ready to be sent out next week, but maybe a year from now, I might be interested in being a part of a church plant. I might be interested in helping spark a movement and getting in on the game. I would encourage you to talk with Pastor Jack today. He's here with one of his team members moving out, Noah. Uh, can we just welcome Noah as well that's joining us today? Glad that you're here, man. And uh, maybe you can grab a taco, grab a piece of cake, come by and meet Pastor Jack. A new church is being started. And come on, what's up with the Alabama-Vegas connection? I know, man. Moving out from Alabama. <laughs> um, God in his humor said, I'm going to take the South, and I'm going to link it with this, the city of him. Amen? Come on, come and uh, we're going to see on. a great movement happen. So, Pastor Jack, just as a seed to say we already believe in the work God's doing through you guys, we just want to start by giving a $500 gift. Man. To just say, we honor you guys. We're believing in it. We're for it. Can we just thank the Lord for them one more time? Thank you, Pastor. Thank you for sharing vision with us. Amazing. And uh, this is just the start of our partnership because we want to see you guys not just make it, but we want to see you guys multiply. I can't wait for the day where you're having a service like this yeah. and you're saying, hey, your church is sending out a new church to reach the city and beyond. Right. So, amen. Thank Praise God. You. Love you, man. Powerful. Amen. Well, so good, everybody. Do, do you feel like you, you got some vision today? Whether it's leadership vision or whether it's family vision or whether it's kingdom vision, we are passionate about all of it. So our church is heading somewhere. We would love to invite you to jump in this momentum journey with us. And lastly, I would say, friend, don't, don't feel any condemnation here today if you feel like, you know what, I haven't been there there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ, right? Jesus paid for that at the cross and at the empty tomb, and he loves you so much that he would even invite you to get in on the work he's doing. That's what we're talking about. We're saying, Jesus, continue to use your church. Use us. Walk it out through us, Lord. That's what the word walk, church, means. Amen? Well, I'm going to pray, and then we're going to have our generosity moment. We always take a time to just celebrate God's activity through generosity. We have a special friend who's here today that I want you to hear from, and then we're going to go eat. Father, thank you for this service and this sermon. As we move into generosity now, Lord, I pray that you would continue to lead us in this service. Help us to, God, help this to be a marker. Lord, we're marking September 18th, 2022. God, we will see more family members connect. God, we will see more leaders developed. God, we will see your church sent out. God, we will see your activity amongst the nations.
God, I believe that this is a marker now. We're praying it by faith for momentum. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Amen.